Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Katie. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Mm, let's, let's drink this Pisco. This is good. Pisco sour. Mm. Oh, that was a delicious one. It is delicious. Okay, Katie. Hi. <laughs> You're new to the podcast. So when we get going here, I always like to ask somebody the uh, first time they're on, kind of what is their relationship, history, I don't know, however you kind of want to put it, with alcohol, and, and uh, so go. Okay, well, here goes. So... I was introduced to wine at a pretty young age. My stepdad had a vast collection of wines. He used to spend a lot of time at the Vin Vino wine store in Palo Alto, California, where I grew up. Nice. Uh, and he had quite the collection. And so we had many, many wines accompany our dinners. Um, and so I'd like to say that back in my youngster days, when my taste buds were more sensitive, um, as is often the case, mm -hmm. I was a bit of a wine connoisseur. Oh, even at a young age, like even how at old? a young age. We're talking like ten to twelve. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So I always had, you know, maybe like a third of a glass of wine with dinner. And mm -hmm. um, my parents would turn to me and ask me, you know, Katie, what do you taste? And I could pick out berries and butter and chocolate, uh, soil, etc. You know, wow. all the flavors because my my taste buds were sensitive. I wish I could say the same now but not quite as much <laughs> it takes practice yes it does take practice but my my taste buds are definitely not as sensitive ah. as they were then okay um also my mom for a time would drink gin and tonics every night mm -hmm. and i always like to go take a sip of that and i think that probably contributed to my love for gin and tonics today i am i could have a gin and tonic every night i just love them so much nice. um as happens frequently for teenagers, <laughs> I had my share with hitting up the liquor cabinet, and I made a, many variations of my own cocktails, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> quote-unquote cocktails. Yes. Uh, may have had a uh, run-in or, or two with school authorities when providing said cocktails to my friends. Uh-oh. You the, brought them to not, school? I brought them to school. Not the brightest idea. I was no. I was young, dumb, impressionable. Yep. Uh I'm not young, dumb, impressionable anymore. <laughs> and so these days, I just love wine. I love wine tasting. I love cocktails. I love to enjoy cocktails and wine with my friends. Um, and now I think I may have a new obsession, which is the Pisco Sour. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're in Peru. I don't know if I'd mention that at the moment. Uh, this is our first international recording, I guess. Um, and, uh, and this was... I had... I don't even know how much I'd heard of Pisco prior to coming here. I think, you know, it might have been mentioned here or there, but I knew zilch about it. So, of course, coming to Peru, you drink the drink of Peru, which is of course. which is Pisco. And uh, and that's, uh, I figured, a great opportunity to educate myself and, and our listeners on, on exactly what Pisco is. And I have been very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I have too. While, while here, we've spent some time tasting different types of Pisco cocktails and they've been uh, quite delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's a wide variety. I have fallen in love with Pisco. Um, I think we both will be bringing Pisco home with us um, and enjoying it in the future. So um, a lot of people are sitting there probably as I would be uh, saying, well, what the heck is Pisco? What is it? Uh, what does it have to do with Peru? 
So um, let's talk about that a little bit, um, a little bit of history or whatever, and is pretty much um, when Peru was colonized. There's that's probably the most polite word I can <laughs> give to it um, by the Spanish. Um, they were looking for a way to uh, grow grapes for their wine so they didn't have to you know bring it on the long journey here um, and in search for wine it is uh, I think everybody can admit this not the best of regions to grow wine mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you don't get good high quality um, wine in Peru as a whole although we've we've tasted some of that as well and it was it was pretty we good have had some good wine here as well um, but that said so they were so what they then opted to do was to try and um, distill the wine which is pretty much basically what you would do with brandy. So it's very similar to a brandy, and we haven't done an episode on that yet, but we will definitely in the future. Um, But brandy and or pisco is basically taking wine. So first you take the grapes, you make the wine, then you distill the wine um, to to basically just pull the the alcohol itself out. And that is um, very high level, essentially what pisco is. Um, you know, obviously it it had the advantage of being produced here, um, and not having to kind of, uh, be transported in, um, you know, uh, unlike though, I think the, the key, a key difference is like, you know, you have your brandies, um, your cognacs, things like that, that come from wine. Um, most Pisco, uh, especially Peruvian Pisco, we'll go in a little bit into the differences of the types of pisco uh, but mostly peruvian pisco is not aged in a barrel it does not spend any time in a barrel um, and so it's a clear spirit not brown like you might be used to seeing and uh, uh, another fun trait of it is it's about 80 ish or so proof um, so it's a very strong <laughs> alcohol you don't need a lot of it so um but um you know there there's I've, I've heard, and, and I, I would agree, that you really can't compare it in taste to pretty much any other alcohol because it has its own very unique flavor profile. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had heard some people say it tastes like grappa, and I can kind of see that because grappa, 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 potato, potato, <laughs> <laughs> unless somebody out there is very upset and going, no. Um, anyway, uh, it, which is kind of a grapey taste um grappa is grapey grappa is grapey <laughs> there you go a grapey grappa taste um because they both are made from grapes and and i in tasting the straight pisco i can i can kind of see why that might be there but it, it's it's not other than that kind of taste profile it, it's not the same and i can tell you a little bit about the difference between pisco and grappa and how they're made because they're both made from what is left over after the wine is made. So grappa is made by distilling the skin, pulp, seeds, and stems okay. um, left over from winemaking and after pressing the grapes, whereas Pisco only uses the grape juice. Oh, and they, they okay. toss the skins, pulp, seeds, stems, etc. Interesting. Okay, and that makes sense and that would definitely affect it would the change, flavor. It would change the flavor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you've listened to the previous episodes on wine, you know that the the grapes, the, the skins, the, yep. the stems, give it a different taste, some of the tannins, some of those other kinds of things. Right. So, okay, yes, uh, other people may have compared it to tequila um, because there's a little bit of an herbal or earthy flavor, but again, that's really where the similarity ends. Yeah. It's, it, it's, you don't think you're going to be tasting anything even close to a, a tequila when you drink it. Yeah. 
So um, I don't know. I, I think that the, the the best way to describe it is it's just a, a good, strong, sweet um, liqueur. And I think also, as with many liqueurs, uh, the higher quality, the smoother mm. drinking it is. So yes. if you're tasting it by itself, it's going to be a smooth, you know, it's not going to make you cringe yeah. <laughs> when you're drinking it. Well, and I've heard over and over again with alcohols, um, covered this on, on a whiskey episode way back, um, that it, it should be, it should be, uh, it shouldn't burn. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If it's, it goes down smoothly. Yeah. Smooth. If it's burning, then it's a lower quality. Yes. Um, and if you don't like it because it's burning, try a higher quality. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe pay a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> and and you may notice a difference. Yes. And if you still think it burns and or you still don't like it, then that's fine. That was me and a um, little sidetrack here, but me and tequila for a long time. I never liked tequila until someone finally gave me, insisted actually that I try a high-end tequila. And I was just like, now I get it. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, that reminds me, we talked to somebody last night at Museo del Pisco, which yes. is a, um, Pisco bar serving many different Pisco cocktails. I think every kind of Pisco. <laughs> and I want to say that the one of the highest quality Piscos that they had there wasn't drastically expensive. No, I was uh, surprised at that. Fifty US dollars, probably. Yeah, I think it was about in that range. And yeah, it was one so of the that's better ones. Not that bad. Though. They have to get one of those before we leave. May. <laughs> I'm that's the plan. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's the plan. How many can I fit in the suitcase? Yes. Is bigger the question. <laughs> Um, okay, but so when we're talking about Pisco, now we're in Peru, and we've talked a little bit about our experiences here in Peru, but Pisco is not unique to Peru. It is um, kind of South American, but primarily Peruvian and Chilean. Um, so there's some maybe uh, debate about that. Yeah, in fact, they say it's hotly debated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is. Between we've... Peru and Chile. And so... Uh, you know the the Chilean the Chilean people say oh P we started Pisco here. Peruvian people say no, that's not true. Um, they have both produced uh, Pisco since the 16th century, um, but they do produce very different types of the spirit. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Peruvian Pisco is made by distilling grapes from Lima, Arequipa, Ica, um, while Chile, Chile. Um, it's it's aged in oak barrels for long periods of time. That's a huge difference. We didn't, yeah. We discovered that they don't age it in oak barrels here in in Peru. Yeah, and and we'll um, delve into I think next a little bit more some of the the unique differences on how they're made. But but carry on because there is, I, I, we were at dinner uh, I think the previous night and uh, uh, well of course we were talking to a Peruvian but he had some very. <laughs> distinct uh, opinions on what was and was not Pisco. Yes. Uh, so the Peruvians and Chileans argue about who, you know, discovered Pisco, who, who made Pisco first. Um, both countries claim ownership over its invention. Um, but in 2013, the EU actually moved to officially recognize Pisco as a Peruvian spirit. I did not know that. to the anger of Chileans. Yes. <laughs> um, however, the European Commission still allowed for Chilean pro producers to use the term Pisco to describe their products. Um, one of the, I believe I read somewhere that if you look at Pisco, 
it actually they say it originated from Puerto de Pisco, which is in Peru. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the name came from. So yeah. how can you argue with that? <laughs> well, that, that's a huge win for, for, for Peru, Peru, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it's to the point where if you're in Peru, um, the Chilean Pisco is not called Pisco. It's called distilled wine, I think, or something along those lines. If you're in Chile, you can't, you know, Peruvian Pisco is not called Pisco. Um, it is actually illegal um, to import Chilean Pisco into Peru. Although, interestingly, I think an end point for Peru, not that we're counting points or picking sides. Although we might be a little bit biased. Well, yes. <laughs> but we're still not picking sides. But that said, point for Peru is that um, Peru's number one exporter, or no, importer of their Pisco is Chile. Yes, um, yes. And that said, too, um, I mean, and it's kind of difficult a little bit because um, Pisco itself, everyone agrees, originated in the Spanish vice royalty of Peru, which at the time contained both Peru and Chile <laughs> um, and and actually much of South America. I mean, it was this big, very vast area, um, you know, so it doesn't get again, that doesn't kind of help because it's still the same area. Um, but that said, the oldest use of the word Pisco, um, at least to denote, to denote Peruvian wines, was in 1764. Um, now, a lot of people think, uh, like you're saying, that you know there is the town of Pisco, and it is, there's the legitimate town of Pisco. Although, apparently, we learned recently Chile <laughs> renamed one of its towns Pisco. Yes, key. Renamed. <laughs> Yes. Town Pisco. Yes, um, which was which is fun, um, but originally was Pisco, and some people think that might um, be it. Uh, it is located on the coast um, in the Valley of Pisco by the river of the same name, and there a lot of it was exported from. So very much like port came from Porto, um, yeah, and you know uh, this is Pisco from Pisco. Um, but that said, the word can translate into bird river, valley, or clay pot. Um, and it is distilled, or, or not distilled, aged in a clay pot. Um, but again, when it's translated to mean liqueur, which it kind of is, most people acknowledge that it, it's due to the town of Pisco. Yes. So um, we, well... I, Katie may weigh in and, and vote Peru. And I think... I if, do. I am on Peru's side for this one. If I had to vote... Um, I, I I think I do prefer that, but I also don't see why can't we all get along and all call it Pisco. Well, so I think that actually goes into some of the differences between them. And when I learned yes. about the difference between Chilean Pisco and Peruvian Pisco, it kind of made me stay on Peru's side even more. So one of the one of the facts that I found was well, so let's we're diving into. Peruvian Pisco now, right? Yeah, well, so, okay. the, the, so this, oh, actually, this is just general. This is oh, go in, ahead. In then. general. Okay. So, Peruvian method bans the use of water during production completely, mm -hmm. while in Chilean production, water is often added to reach a particular volume of alcohol. Yes, and I did see that. However, um, I think I, I read that the reason for that is the Chilean um, 
Pisco tends to come out stronger, so they need to kind of water it down. Now, huh, interesting. Again, I does, didn't read that part. Yeah, does that again? It, it does kind all of. I, all I read was adding water. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not untypical. But it, it 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 does. Yes. Okay. I, and I agree. You look at one is pure, one is slightly watered down. But again, it's possibly because it's more concentrated. Okay. Okay. But what else? Oh no, that was the. Oh, that was, oh, that was it. That was it. Okay. Well, then let's. We've been dancing around the debate. Let's yes. let's dive into exactly what makes a Peruvian pisco Peruvian. Um, so let's start there. You know what did you did you? Okay, so well I'll, I can talk about uh, how Peruvians are strict. They're pretty strict when it comes to differenti- differentiating <laughs> between varieties. Yeah. Well, and and actually I think first you kind of covered this in the beginning, but I think very much like France. Um, France. I don't know why I had to say it France <laughs> instead of France, um, but uh, I think it's because where we're staying is is very French influenced at yes. the moment. Um, but uh, the they they actually have denomination of origin or basically specific regions um, where the wine is grown in in Peru, and it can only come from those. So it's very much like Champagne can only come from Champagne. Or, or like France or, or Napa Valley or, again, kind of name your region. So they have very strict, specific regions that they have named that it has to come from. And I think that that's, as you as you're mentioning, they're very strict about it. So so they have those. But I'm sorry, please carry on, though. So, so you covered regions that yes very important. Um, in addition to Peruvians, varieties are very important. So there are four different varieties. Uh, Puro which is made from a single variety of grape. Um, so that can, would, Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so that would be kind of like your Cabernet Sauvignon is just one grape. Right, so there's no blending between the varieties allowed. Okay. Uh, the next one would be Aromaticus. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but aromatic. Close enough for me. <laughs> made from Muscat, or one of the Muscat-derived grape varieties. Okay. Uh once again, this pisco is only permitted to contain one variety of grape in this process. So it's one variety, but from this specific... Oh, this specific, specific type, type of grape. Of grape. Okay, muscat. got it. Muscat or muscat derived. And I, from what I know, muscat is a very sweet. Yeah, grape. that's been my experience as muscat well. Muscat wines, very sweet. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the next variety is Mosto Verde. Uh, green must is what that means. This yes. is distilled from partially fermented must. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and by law, this must be distilled before the fermentation process has totally transformed the sugars into the alcohol. Yeah. So the must, as I understand it, is the 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 mash almost, if you will, where they've kind of mixed it all together. They've and 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 it's starting its its fermentation process, right? So they've mashed the grapes and 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 everything's kind of sitting together. That's kind of your must. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting this correct. Um, which I may or may not be. <laughs> um, my understanding is, is as you mentioned, they start the process, um, but they what's that? They oh, before it's completed, before they've completely fermented it, they they kind of stop it. Um, so, and I'm not quite sure what that does, but from what I've seen and heard from most of the Peruvian people I've talked to, this seems to be the one that they like the best. Okay. So. Okay. But okay, so and the fourth, the fourth acolado multivarietal is that the one that you had as your yes. fourth variety? Yes. So this is generally blended from the must of several varieties of grapes. 
So that's your red blend, white blend. It's your blended right. Pisco. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, awesome. I a couple other things I found. Unless, or do you have oh, more go, on Peruvian? Go for it. Okay. Yeah, I, I found a couple other things which I found interesting. Um, and again, this is specific to Peruvian wines. Such as, uh, and one of the key things is aging. So Pisco has to be aged for a minimum of three months, which isn't very long no. when you think about aging of wines or other kinds of things. Right. Um, but it has to be in glass, stainless steel, or any other material which does not alter its physical, chemical, or organic properties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they are it, very... Um, Strict, as we we're mentioning, about yeah. its purity, right. and that's why it's clear, right? Yes. It, it can't be. In- um, it's not always clear, though. It, it it is sometimes sort of an amber color. It can be amber as well. Peruvian. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Uh, do you know why, or do you have anything on that? I don't. You don't? I don't. Oh, okay. I just read somewhere that it ver- it ranges in color from clear to amber. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, because the amber usually comes from aging in an oak barrel, so it must be. Um, Maybe it, it retains some of the, the um, wine um, and yeah. it's not as purely distilled. Yeah. I mean, it's from it's from the grape juice. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. We're guessing okay. here. Well, <laughs> if, if, it's, if, if the internet says it's got to be true. <laughs> um, so now the other key thing with uh, Peruvian wine is no additives of any kind may be added to the Pisco that can alter its flavor, odor, or appearance or alcoholic proof which is again that gets back to the the chileans may add some water um to you know make it less strong but in in peru you can't do that although i Uh did read yes that flavor infused pisco has become particularly popular over the few years the last few years so perhaps it's they take this pure pisco and then infuse it with a flavor you know some other type of i don't know berry herb well at the museo de pisco we actually had they they had several and it was distilled so like they had the cram berries <laughs> um, uh, but i think that is where they do they take the pure pisco and then and then um, infuse it with infuse it with the fruit, type of or, fruit or yeah other herb and i can see that being very very good i don't know if i've tried any of that we, we may have to try some of that before we, we leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know we did if we did or not. Yeah. So um, a couple other fun things I kind of found. Um, uh, Pisco in Peru is produced only using copper pot stills, uh, kind of like your single malt scotch whiskeys. Very similar. It has to be in that copper pot still. Um, and uh, uh, I think we talked about it never being diluted. Um after it's distilled, and um, and then the other thing that I think I found here, um, I think we mentioned Peru exports um, uh, three times more pisco than Chile, but Chile produces three times as much pisco as Peru. Mm-hmm. So if you're going on volume, point Chile. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Um, but people outside of Chile seem to want Peruvian pisco. Yes. More than Chilean Pisco. Well, and apparently so do the Chileans. Yes. <laughs> As we mentioned, yes. even they're kind of yes. importing it. But they drink plenty of their own Kool-Aid, obviously, if they're right. producing three times yes. as much, and they're not the top exporter. So. Maybe we need to go to Chile next. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the only other kind of thing I think I found that, that was kind of a, a fun fact, almost, if you will, um, and maybe, again, if, if, we're, if we're issuing points, point uh, per, per, point. Point, Peru. To point for Peru. <laughs> Jeez. Point Peru. I can say that, I promise. 
um, is that Peruvian Pisco won over 20 gold medals and was named the best liquor of the world um, in the Concours Mondial de Bruxelles. I probably butchered that and I apologize. But in 2011. So um, that that's... Yeah, number one alcohol in the world. I mean, yeah. that's over you know, vodka. I mean, pick your poison. Pick your poison. <laughs> um, and it, it, yeah, in that's notable. it came in number one. Yeah, pretty cool. So that's Peru. Let's talk about Chile. I, I think we've maybe been a little unfair to them to this point. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, does, from the look on your face, well, you're not agreeing. <laughs> well, no, but I also may have done most of my research on Peru, Peruvian uh, Pisco, knowing that we would be here recording in Peru. Noted. So I'm going to let you take it away with Chilean Pisco facts. I will ch- share some Chilean Pisco facts. And uh, the fact that I'm not getting words out may mean I've had a little too much Pisco to go with. But it's is, not a problem. Yeah. Is there too much Pisco? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, so Chilean Pisco, they also have denomination, denomination, uh, <laughs> denomination of origin. Or anyway, can I can I read it for you? Can uh, I? They're called DOs, denomination. Denomination. Jeez, why did I overcomplicate <laughs> that word? Okay, so they have a denomination of origin, um, Atacamba and Coquimbo. Um, both were established in 1931 by their government, and and again for them. It needs to be um, in the, out of those two regions. So uh, they are uh, they do do a double distillation in copper generally, although they can potentially use other materials to distill. Um, as with Peru, there are four different types or classifications. Although from what I can see, they really seem to be more about the alcoholic content huh, than about yeah the the type of grape or number of grapes or anything. Um, so there's Pisco, I'm just going to call it traditional. Traditional? Um, Traditionale? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, traditional Pisco, and that's about 60 to 70 proof. Uh, Pisco Especial, uh, 70 to 80 proof. Pisco Reservado, 80 proof. Uh, and Grand Pisco, which is 86 or more proof. Interesting. So it is all about the alcohol content of the pisco yeah differentiating between but you got to give them them. points for the more alcohol the more you know denoting it by alcohol how drunk do i want to get well it it depends on what you're looking for are you looking for different flavors are you looking for different alcohol content yeah well that's what i'm saying they're going straight for the drink (laughs) you gotta give them yeah maybe potentially even points for that um so the the chilean grapes actually grow in the, the desert with a very low humidity um they also have very high regulations in producing their piscos, um, and they're generally grouped into two categories. So maybe this is where um, they have the different designations based on proof, but they also have um, at least two different types of categories based on their aromatic expressiveness. That's a good word. I, I like, like that. that. Aromatic yeah. expressiveness. So there are the muscat or muscat types. They have a pink muscat or a muscat of Alexandria. They tend to be very fragrant. Um, and then your uh, Pedro Jimenez, Muscatel de Asturia, or Torantel, and they're more subtle. Hmm, interesting. Um, and again, apologies for what I may be butchering there. Um, so they tend to be uh, 
most of them tend to be very similar in flavor and color. Um, both are subtly sweet um, with a clear birch to transparent color. Um, and oh, and in Chile, this is the other difference. Uh, pisco can be distilled as many times as the pisco maker deems appropriate. So it sounds to me, from what you're telling us, that not only do they have different alcohol content pisco, mm-hmm. but they also have different flavor varieties. Yeah, flavor so types. So point may go to ch- to Chile. One point to Chile. I don't know if we're counting. We're not going to count points um, on this, but yeah, point Chile. But so I, I could say I really like, you know, the Muscat flavored Pisco, a Pisco that comes from Muscat grapes. And I want it to be really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to have a higher alcohol content and I could buy a Pisco from Chile that's that has all that, that. kind of meets those parameters. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that and I like that. Um, and they, um, but again, they can distill as many times as they want. The more times you distill it, and this is why Peru puts a limit on it. Um, it, it means you, you start stripping out aroma and flavor and you get, so the, I mean, basically almost any alcohol can become like your, I don't know, your rubbing alcohol or medical grade alcohol, if you will. It's just how many times you distill it and how pure is it? When you get to that really, really pure alcohol, Mm -hmm. you can't drink that, right? That's poison, (laughs) literally poison. Um, so, uh, so that's why Peru kind of puts a limit. I believe it's two times is your max. Um, and whereas in Chile, you can do it as many times as, as you as the maker feel is needed to get to what you want. Okay. Um, but then you may need to add water <laughs> to, to, to weaken it. Interesting. So that's a lot about Pisco. Let's, Let's talk about cocktails. Our favorite thing about Pisco. I mean, Pisco is good straight. Um, if but- you like drinking liqueur straight, which yes. I don't necessarily. I mean, I'll take a cocktail anytime any day over uh just drinking straight liqueur yeah tends to be a little bit too strong for me yeah and and i think the locals both chilean and peruvian um you know the some of the will tend to be more of the ones that will drink it straight um and just kind of drink it like a sipping tequila or a sipping whiskey or something like that but similarly they're they're generally meant to be mixed into cocktails and and we taste from cocktails which can make heavens yes so let's talk about it. Okay, so so we'll talk about the most famous, which is the Pisco Sour. And there's yes. actually more debate between Chile and Peru about who came up with the Pisco Sour first. Um, I don't think I got this. Yeah, well, some say that the cocktail originated in Lima, Peru, was invented by an American bartender, Victor Von Morris, in the 1920s as a way to recreate his coveted whiskey sour without the whiskey. Apparently, he was he was a bartender, and they ran out of whiskey that day. Bad and day. Bad day. So he was like, <laughs> I, you know, let, let's try this with Pisco. Um, he opened a saloon, Morris's Bar, and it was there that the Pisco Sour underwent several adaptations before the saloon bartender Mario Bruget, I I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, added the Angostura bitters and egg white to the mix, which is what the modern recipe is for a Pisco sour today. So let's talk about what it is. So it's Pisco, lemon or lime juice. Uh, In Peru, it's lime juice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simple syrup and egg white and 
shaken. <laughs> Should it be shaken ice. or blended, Katie? Let me because you might really feel clear. strong on this. I, I feel very strongly about this. So I've had several pisco sours since we have been here in Peru. When you shake it in a shaker, a, a, a light foam, maybe an inch of foam. Oh, probably develops, not even that much. Maybe yeah. not even that much on the top of the pisco sour, and. It's just the right amount of foam created by the egg white. They then add the Angostura bitters on top, just a small amount, which creates a little bit more flavor. And it's easy to drink. Uh, really flavorful, sweet. Oh, it's so refreshing. <laughs> but then I've had Pisco Sours that were made with all those same ingredients, but then put in a blender with some ice. Yep. And it creates foam that takes over the whole pisco sour and actually yeah, it's like 90 percent foam when they first set it down yes and you kind of have to wait a while before you can even really drink it and at the end of the pisco sour you've you're sitting there with two inches <laughs> of foam at the bottom of your glass and it it actually kind of pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> so you it, do it kind of makes like... me a little angry i'm like you cannot blend it in a blender and i have to concur i mean i've had a, a blended one or two which was kind of nice but i i i, I agree it, it over foams the egg yep. and and i think the egg white you really it doesn't require really much need. it's like half, half an egg, an egg or less half an egg white yeah. and yeah. it just gives it that foamy and, and makes it unique yes. um and and they're very good they're, they're they're good sweet sweet and refreshing and, and light. sour and actually it can be the simple syrup depending on how much you put in is how sweet versus sour it may be yep blended to taste yeah as i said earlier i'm in love with the pisco sour i think it may be you know maybe my new weekend cocktail or something at home we'll we'll have to see nice um so then so that's the so famous that's the, that's the famous pisco sour and actually, so I talked a little bit about how Peru says it came about. In Chile, they say it was invented by an English steward, Elliot Stubb, in 1872 on Chilean soil. Hmm. This version omits the egg white and bitters and substitutes lime juice for lemon. So, okay. Who knows? They're probably both really good. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Drink what you like. Yeah. Drink what you like. So some of the other popular Pisco drinks... Uh, Pisco Punch, which mm -hmm. is the first known Pisco cocktail and was invented in San Francisco, California in the 19th century. Yep. It contains so Pisco, pineapple, uh, simple syrup, among some other ingredients. Really uh, another refreshing, sweet uh, punch drink. Yeah, but I think there's several variations because I tried a Pisco Punch here and it did not sound like what was described there it was a little different i think it had ginger in it and a few other well, things so. well so then there's the chilcano and a chilcano is almost like a pisco punch but it's pisco and ginger ale and it has variations with lime blood orange grapefruit pineapple mm -hmm. um and then i mean the list goes on and on of pisco containing cocktails that you can get there's uh you know a mojito a chilean version of the, I, the I cocktail mojito similar. de cuma is I think what they called it? Yeah, Mojito yeah. de Kuma. Uh, yeah. So Pisco Sprite or 7-Up or something like that and Mint Leaf Sprite. Pisagua, which is Chilean Pisco with carbonated water. I love saying that name, Pisagua. 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 That is fun to say. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Piscala, another variation mm -hmm. of Chilean. Oh, Piscola, which is one that I skipped. It's a uh, variation. It's it's Pisco with clear sodas. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see. So, oh, but the pichella? 
Piscala. Piscala. I don't know. Um, I guess it's similar to a, a British submarine, which I'm not 100% familiar with, but Pisco and beer. With beer. Yeah. Preferably a blonde beer. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'll be careful about preferring, saying preferring blondes. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Terremoto. It's a traditional Chilean cocktail made of pepeño strengthened with Pisco. And I don't know what pepeño is. I'm sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. do my uh Yeah, I don't know either. Research That's all right. Uh, pineapple ice cream and grenadine syrup. That sounds like something you'd like, Mark. Wait, what is that? Terramoto, but it's a Chilean cocktail. Okay. So you might not find it here. I may have to find it somewhere. That sounds like heaven. Um, this one sounds sounds great. So not only do you make fruity drinks with pisco, but you can also make piscoffee. I saw piscoffee. <laughs> so pisco with iced coffee and ice. Um, kind of a variation of Irish coffee. Yeah. With Pisco instead of... Um, whiskey, basically. Whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Do you have some? I, I got a couple more that I, I thought were different, anyway, worth mentioning. I mean, really, I from what I've seen, is the, those first three mentioned, the Pisco Sour, the Pisco Punch, and the Chilcano, are, are by far the most common. Yeah, you see them everywhere here in Peru. Yeah, and I think the most well-known. Yeah. But that said, uh, just for fun's sake... Um, there's the pisco flip, um, which is like a pisco sour, only it's made with egg yolks instead of egg whites. Didn't sound overly <laughs> yummy to me. <laughs> um, Cupid's cup, which is Peruvian pisco, aperol, fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, egg whites, and a thyme sprig used for decoration. Yeah, I, I guess it, the only aperol? difference would be the aperol. Do you know what an aperol is? I'm sorry. I feel like I should know this. I'm I should probably know too. I don't because I think it's I in don't. a lot of cocktails, actually. It is. So I, that, there may be an episode on that some uh, some point in the future. But uh, so so that's Cupid's Cup. And then the last one that I have that I felt was worth mentioning anyway was the Tampisco Bay. Um, aperol is an Italian aperitif made of gentian, rhubarb, and chinchona. Go Google, and that didn't help me at all. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that didn't help. No, no, that's, 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 that's interesting, though. I'm glad we looked that up. Um, oh, but the Tampisco Bay, um, that was actually either inspired by or created in, I didn't catch which, in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, and it's pisco, fresh cucumber juice, agave nectar, jalapeno slices, and red bell pepper slices um, in an ice-filled highball glass, yes. which... I've never tried, and and they don't. Ha- I haven't seen it anywhere here. That may be primarily actually, in Florida, but it looks yeah, good. It sounds good. I think I'd maybe skip the red bell pepper, um, but I like the idea of the jalapeno slices to add a little kick. Yeah, and, yeah. That, that's why I wanted to include it because it that I included it because I wanted to try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are our cocktails. Uh, do you have anything else to I add or cover? Did so. Yeah. I have. I had at least one. So today, um, the drink. Pisco sour is so popular in Peru that this I read this mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it's true because you know it's on the internet. Right. <laughs> uh, the first Saturday of every February is an official nationwide public holiday celebrated as National Pisco Sour Day. Wow. Um, let's see. On this day, it's tradition for Peruvians to finish a pisco sour before the end of the national anthem. I wonder and, how long their anthem is. <laughs> and 
Admiration for the drink has also spread internationally. Of course. And last year, London held a week-long festival dedicated to to the liquor, so just to Pisco, uh, whilst exports to the U.S. have increased significantly in recent years, probably because people like us go to Peru, and then we come back, and we're like, we have to have Pisco. Yeah, well, we'll have to to hopefully spread some of the Pisco love from this, because like I said, prior to coming here, I had barely heard of it at best. And now I am a Pisco fan. Yep, I am big, sold. Big Pisco fan over here. Yeah. All right. So um, if there's nothing else to add, uh, for kind of a summary of what we talked about, if you have ideas for future topics, questions, input, anything else, you can go to our website, uh, theunsophisticatedpalette.com, and click on the Contact Us page or link. Link, not page. Link to a page. How's that? There you go. Um, if you like spending time with us today, please subscribe. Uh, please rate us. That helps other people find us. It gets the word out there. Um, we like stars. Stars are good. <laughs> um, and until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, my Pisco is actually gone. I drank it all. Oh, but you can, I'm going to cheers anyway. No, there's, there's a little bit left. I think, okay, I think okay. a little of your foam uh, uh, turned into, turned into the Pisco. Drink. <laughs> so we'll cheers with what's left. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs>